Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. We just recorded a Patreon episode, so I forgot that this is a new one. Oh, wait, the, I forgot this is F you. <laughs> oh, yeah, in Ireland, that means fuck you, yeah. Oh, or fuck let's off. do this then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, do you want to give us a card first or. See. No, right meow. Let's do this shit, right meow. Okay. Aggressive. Three of Pentacles reversed. Okay. Whatever you're currently working on today, Take a step back to look at your long-term vision. There is a good energy today for practical planning. Use it to make sure you're setting the right priorities and approaching your project in the best way. Don't be afraid to seek advice from a more experienced person. Not only is asking for help not shameful, it's smart. Where was this information at <laughs> nine o'clock? It's now half seven. The day is done. It was perfect for me because... Oh, okay. Um, Mimi came over and had to practice her makeup. Oh, yeah. But her mom also has a say of, like, she wants to be involved as well. Yeah. So it's a collaboration between how many people? Three people. <laughs> For prom night makeup. Same. That's why Three of Pentacles. Cool. Made sense. <sighs> I like this delicious candle. Hope you can hear the crackle. And you don't nice. want to do ASMR, I feel like. No, there's certain sounds, like ASMR sounds, that I I fuck with. Like um, like Eric Van Gverst or something, the uh, Swedish dude or something that I watch. He's just building a log cabin from scratch. So it's like three hour long videos and all you hear is like... Boom, boom, boom. Lit. And I love that. It's just the mouth noises that I can't stand. Anyway, this week I have been watching Atlanta. Mm. I actually finished watching Atlanta since I wrote this. I had a blast the entire time I was watching it. In fact, I'm re-watching it. So was, you like, can catch all the nuances that you missed. Yeah, like season one in particular, I was only kind of half paying attention. But now I'm like clued in. I know who everybody is. There's only four seasons. Um, I think everybody should go and watch it. Let me know what you think about it as well, because again, I'd never probably would have ever probably would have never picked it if I hadn't been recommended. It was like basically shoved down my throat, which I'm grateful for now. Um, but yeah, I will say it can be a little bit draining at times, but it's weird, like good weird, mm. um, kind of like Twin Peaks vibes, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but honestly, Donald Glover is a god. I'm kind of fangirling over him lately. Been listening to his music and all. Cool. Yeah. Um, my favorite episode so far, I think, is Trini to the Bone. But I think that's just because I have Trini friends. So I might be a little bit biased, but very good. And like you can watch that and not need to know anything about the actual show itself because they just do these random episodes mm. that have nothing to do with the story or no characters even from the story. So it's cool. It's not even in the same city as the story. And then I wanted to thank everybody who's joined us on Patreon lately and those who have bought us coffees or bought books that I'm blocking right now. Yeah. It's just been really, really nice. It's not necessary at all, obviously. It's not required. Yeah, but it's just... Appreciated. Yeah, very much appreciated. And we want to make sure everybody knows that we definitely appreciate it. Um... And we did just finish recording a bonus episode for that. So that'll be out in the next few days. Mm -hmm. um, Shout out Julia and Marie. For the coffees. See. Si. Cool. Um, and I'm about to call out our friend Kirsten for distracting me with a very fun cover of Pet Cemetery mm. from the movie Pet Cemetery, inspired by the book Pet Cemetery, <laughs> written by our Lord and Savior Stephen King, without whom any of this would not have happened. Correct. As in like... Like we would not be here together yeah, sitting here talking to you if yeah. it wasn't for Stephen King. So yeah, anyway, um, yeah, go check out the band Mangy Bones. They're the band that Kirsten recommended to me. They only have a few tracks on Spotify. So if you like them and end up following them, make sure to let them know we sent you. Um, and we're going to go see Kirsten next weekend. This weekend? This coming weekend, yeah. This coming weekend, right on. Yeah, so spoiler alert, Kirsten. Yeah. Watch out, we're coming for you. We're fucking coming for you. Um, anyway, Mangy Bones is the band that she recommended. 
And then my last recommend is Amigo the Devil. You know, a song of theirs popped up while I was listening to the Bridge City Sinners. Like after Amigo the Devil? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, look, this is that um, person that yeah. Adam listens to. That's pretty good. He is pretty good. He is uh, very dark and very funny. Mm. Like the one song that like legit makes me laugh like an old dad is... Uh, is it the one where it's like, I wish your husband was dead? No, I do like that song. Oh. <laughs> what is it? I hope your husband dies. <laughs> um, no, it's actually a song called Bingo, and it's just about him getting rickety wrecked on oh, Adderall yeah, and cocaine yeah. at a bingo hall. At a bingo hall full of old people, yeah. and he's like, "What's that one line? Like somebody call the cops? I'm killing it <laughs> <laughs> at bingo." <laughs> you know I mean? uh, oh, our little lump. We scared her. Yeah, sorry, chop. You can see that shadow over there. That's chop. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's enough of my like recommends or whatever. Look! Look at the big dip that she's putting in the sofa. Yeah, I know. We also have to vacuum that sofa quite regularly. Wonderful. Yeah, enough of that. Uh, this week we're getting a little bit weird and a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Um, this is one of those topics that I'm just not that well versed in, honestly, and so I'm not that confident in my storytelling abilities when it comes to this but which one is it this is the i'm not gonna tell you just yet <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm always worried that i'll mess up the story or something or i'll say the wrong thing that's like something to do with a different sort of like you, you idiot yeah, yeah yeah but um you're out there we see you yeah but that's part of the reason why i'm starting with a bit of a lesser known story i certainly have never heard this story before we're talking alien abductions Oh, okay. fuck. Fucking alien fucking abductions. Actual nuts and bolts flying craft. Missing time, weird emotions, nope. and samples being taken. No, aliens yeah. is the ultimate. No. No, thank and you. And it's so strange because for me, it was never even a thing. Like, nothing that I really... Like, if I was awake at night, I'd be like, oh my God, I think I heard a ghost. You know what I mean? yeah. Not once did I, was I ever afraid of aliens, but I listen to podcasts and music when I'm falling asleep. What? Just the ringing in my ear. Oh, I think there's actually just a lot going on over here. Causing mm. um, and <laughs> we were looking for, I was looking for a house out in Pennsylvania. It's like, oh, this house is really cute. And I put it on Street View and it's right across the street from like those... Um, where the electricity oh, yeah, areas yeah. and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, not just because of noise, but electromagnetic. Yeah. It was you shit. know what I'm talking about, is those things yeah, that has all those towers station. and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, no, thank yeah, you. I know. I know why you're selling that house at such a great <laughs> price. I know. And why you've got a third arm. Oh yeah, but if I'm listening to a podcast or whatever and it happens to go on to the next one in the queue while I'm asleep. And that next one is about aliens. I can guarantee you I am having the worst nightmares. Mm. Even though it's not something that's like at the forefront of my mind for being like something that I'm afraid of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, this story comes from the book uh, UFOs Over Africa by Cynthia Hind. Ah, yeah, yeah. His book has been in our creep collection since Dulce covered the aerial school sighting way back in episode 28. That was a good episode. It was. It was fantastic. Me. We're going to be in Johannesburg this time. Joburg, if you're cool hipping with it. And our subjects are the mother and daughter duo Phyllis and Diane. We never find out their second names. Mm. Or I certainly didn't. I did try and find other like corroborating uh media or articles on this but mm. i couldn't so we only have one source so it might be a bit biased anyway <laughs> on july 18th 1988 diane called her mom over to help her and her husband prepare for a tv commercial the next day i don't really know what that entails but it meant that they needed to stay up very late getting stuff done so around 3 30 a.m phyllis had had enough and asked diane to take her home Phyllis's house was just seven minutes drive away from Diane's, but while Diane was busy concentrating on driving, Phyllis noticed a very bright star in the sky, which she said looked, quote, just like the Christmas star. Mm. The star seemed to be following them, though. Mm. And Phyllis had a bad feeling. When they got near her house, she made Diane park a few doors away because she was so freaked out. She was like, don't park outside my house. 
and they tried to get a better look at this thing. It stood still for a minute, and Phyllis said it looked like a square shaped. It looked square shaped with rounded corners, but it seemed to change shape, or maybe just as the angle changed, as it came above the tree line. And uh, Diane's first impression of the object was that it was an elongated shape, orange in color, and brightest at the center. The edges were hazy, and the light around the edge went from blue to magenta, kind of like fluctuating, pulsating rather. Like a jellyfish. Kind of like a jellyfish, yeah. Suddenly, ah, the object shot straight toward them at terrific speed. As it reached them, it flipped over and Phyllis saw that it was actually donut-shaped and was a wheel within a wheel. Now, I actually feel like we've heard that description before when we were talking about the Men in Black. I think the Maury Island case that we just barely touched on. What? You look like you're about to fart or something. (laughs) A wheel within a wheel. You mean like the biblical... um... Descriptions of angels. Is that described how angels are described? Well, yeah, because you know how like westernized images of angels are just women in white dresses. Yeah. With like long hair and shit. Um, But like biblical descriptions of angels, some of them are like round things with a bunch of eyes and like wings and like others are like rings within rings. That's mental. I didn't know that, but... And the only reason I know that is because I was watching a great Game Grumps episode. And they uh, they were, like, rating cryptids, like, hotness amongst yeah, yeah. the cryptids. And Angels was, like, right up there. And Dan was like, of course, it's S-tier. It was one of their list episodes. Right. And Aaron was like, is it conventional Angels or is it biblical Angels? And he was like, well, what's that? And so they... Pulled up. It. Yeah, and it looked like rings. A wheel within a wheel. Wheels within wheels. That's mad. So not like that, but it's interesting to know. I actually found um, an animal sacrifice in the Bible that I'm just waiting to pull out in an argument. <laughs> um, but no, it's a... Uh, this is more like, imagine a donut, but there's something in the middle, mm. which we're assuming is like what's propelling it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very interesting, though. I think... I might actually have a book here to do with that kind of stuff. Um, but no, in the Maury Island case, which happened over Seattle, which is kind of like the beginning of the like more traditional Men in Black stories mm-hmm. in the 40s, like the saucer nerds be- being shut up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think he describes the craft. Remember that dropped stuff into the sea mm. and you were like, what else is in the sharks. sea? And you're like, sharks. Yeah, and I was like... <laughs> Anyway. But the thing is, people think I was trolling you, but I was being sincere. Like, I know. And there are sharks in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, so we've heard this before, this example. Anyway, it was so close now that Phyllis could see people inside the craft. She counted eight in total and was able to see that the one older man was stood pushing some buttons while a younger man... Uh, with long blonde hair stood next to him. Now at this point, Diane was scared and didn't even want to look, but Phyllis was full of excitement. She reckoned the craft must have been around 18 by 18 feet or the size of her living room. Oh, yep. specific. What a random thing to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know my living room, right? It's about that big. But from this close proximity... Phyllis could make out the square portholes with rounded corners at the top and bottom. Again, similar to the Maury Island thing. And she also said that the craft had two decks. And from this distance, she could see that the older man on the top deck had some sort of headband on with what looked like flaps coming down over his ears. And he seemed to be the person controlling the craft as if like the buttons that he was pressing was like, slow down now, do a flip Mm -hmm. or whatever. You know what I mean? So Phyllis and Diane were both looking at this thing now and they said they could feel a presence in the car. They heard a very clear clicking sound and the next thing they knew they were being guided up a ramp into the craft. Oh shit. Yeah. Diane was repeatedly asking, where am I? Am I dreaming? Or in her South African accent, where am I? Am I dreaming? Yeah, that sounds like Doug. Right? Yeah. 
Thanks. <laughs> there was a woman holding her arm and pushing against her back gently but firmly. And I think Phyllis was trying to resist and push Diane back down the ramp. Mm-hmm. Like obviously not doing a very good job. Upon entering the craft, they were enveloped in a white mist or steam, which smelled fragrant and a bit lemony. A bit like in the office when Dwight installed the security doors. Remember? And he's like, what's the password? And then when you get your password wrong, it's just like starts spraying steam at you. Yeah, it's funny because I was imagining um, like actual Phyllis from the office. Oh, really? <laughs> Her and um, what's the red hair's one name? Meredith. Meredith. I want to say Meredith. That's really funny, actually. Yeah, in my I'm head, I'm like hearing both. Yeah, yeah. I'm going up the <laughs> ramp and shit. <laughs> anyway, Diane keeps asking, where am I? Where am I? And the woman finally answered her. She was extremely beautiful to them. Her skin was very fine textured, the color of someone with a heavy tan. Almond-shaped eyes. She had a note. She had a nose and a mouth, but they didn't describe them. So I'm guessing they're like just regular looking noses and mouths. Tiny ears, which let's hope she wasn't self-conscious about. And she was also about five foot two. They guessed she was a woman because she had small breasts, but me too. So (laughs) (laughs) you could be a woman by that description. (laughs) But I'm thinking maybe she just gave off a feminine energy, Mm, right? mm. They said she didn't exactly have teeth but just one solid line at the top and bottom of her mouth. Mm. Invisalign, maybe. Mm. She was wearing a jumpsuit type thing, like a tracksuit, but all in one. Adidas. Yeah. (laughs) And this started out something like navy blue. When she walked, she put her toes down first as opposed to her heel, like a normal person. But this took me down a little rabbit hole. (laughs) It was totally unnecessary. I ended up watching videos on YouTube called How to Walk. <laughs> okay. Turns out I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, sometimes I life. wonder about myself yeah. as well. Because it always feels like I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, we're, there's nothing that we do right. <laughs> I've had to look up videos on how to breathe properly, how to walk properly. <laughs> yeah. And there's I'm always like... some like really muscly dude or really skinny woman <laughs> mm-hmm. telling you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. But never why. I literally like. think about that every time I'm walking into work. Yeah. And I'm like thinking about like, I bet I look like a fucking idiot walking over here. <laughs> Someone's up and look at her, putting her heel <laughs> Does down. Does she not know how to fucking <laughs> yeah. walk? But it turns out, yeah, you're supposed to walk with like, if this was my pinky toe, this is where you're supposed to land. Oh. Like not your heel, like your foot is supposed to like come down. If you're watching the video, you can see me doing a really good description. Really? Yeah. Nobody does that. No. Except like professional walkers, you know, like yeah. uh, speed walkers and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, the I, woman. I feel like I have like a soft waddle. You do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this woman answered Diane in perfect English. Greetings. I am from the Pleiades and my name is Melila. Phyllis was still struggling at this point. That is perfect English because I would have been like, hey, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phyllis was still struggling at this point, but as soon as they had entered the craft, the doors had shut behind them. And they could see no other way out. One of Malila's crew members was standing beside Phyllis. He was a little bit taller than you, a little bit smaller than me, so pretty short. I think people would be surprised at how short we actually are. Like if we all met one another in real life. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I feel like we don't come off as tall people. I don't know, because for me, like I'm seeing my head stop here on the screen, right? Yeah. But like this is me sitting down. There's not much of a difference between me sitting down and standing up. Yeah, me neither. Like, I was always waiting to grow when I was in middle school. And then they were like, no, you're Just done. Never happened. And they're like, oh, well, I guess yeah. this is it then. I remember being surprised at how small you were, to be honest, in person. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You didn't believe me when you said I was I just short. hadn't, like, had no visual reference for it. Oh, you know uh, I mean? yeah. You're like, I oh, yes, quite small. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this guy... Oh, just for reference, Malila is Karen Filippelli. And the the person that walked up to them, that's like medium. Yeah. Medium height is Oscar. Okay. You're going to change your mind on that now in a minute. Jim? Possibly. But I was actually picturing the lady from, uh, what's Mike Wazowski's girlfriend in Monsters, Inc.? Oh, uh, that girl with the three eyes. She had three eyes? I thought she had one eye. Oh, or the, the one sna- eye. snakes for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, 
way off topic here. No, so, so this guy standing beside Phyllis, he was a little bit taller than you, a little bit smaller than me. Um, and he had a, quote, nicely tapered waist and a good build. Mm. So despite his short height, <laughs> he wore a broad belt on his hips like Zap Brannigan. Ah, uh, yeah. And I don't think, uh, and I don't know who gave the description, but they were like pretty impressed with this guy. Did he wear pants? I think so. I think they were all wearing like the same the kind suits. of tracksuits. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a vibe. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Leisure wear, you know, mm-hmm. like tracksuits. Can you imagine they were just? <laughs> anyway, they went on to note that everyone they saw on the ship had the same eyes as Malila, mm. brown and almond shaped. Cool. And they were all hairless except for the two people that Phyllis had seen on the top deck who seemed like they were actually flying it. You could say they were big wigs. Uh, yay! Hey. <laughs> anyway. There were three more males sitting at the back of the craft, sitting at desks, seemingly so focused on what they were doing that they didn't even look up when Phyllis and Diane had come aboard. They Again, they all wore the same type of jumpsuit as Malila, although... Theirs were described as a milky bluish gray color mm. with different colors. The colors, I, don't, I might mention this down below, but the colors were supposed to have uh, denoted like their position. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The interior of the craft had a shiny white clinical finish and there was a high steel table in the very center, which the beings led Diane and Phyllis to. Uh Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Diane jumped up happily enough. Oh, Diane. But Phyllis that's Meredith. <laughs> yeah. Phyllis couldn't make it. Mm. It was actually just too tall. It was about a meter and she just couldn't get herself up on it. She was an older lady. Um, but this is when the very impressive looking male lifted her up onto the table. Mm, Jim. Yeah. But he didn't actually like physically pick her up. All he did was place his hand on her back. Interesting. Yeah. And this with this, mm-hmm. he was able to like guide her up onto the thing. Lit. So maybe it was a confidence thing. Maybe it was like, Phyllis, you could do it all along. <laughs> he just needed the encouragement. You know? <laughs> but they both lay at opposite ends of this very large table, foot to foot. I don't know what that was. Foot to foot. And above them was a scanner or uh, an x-ray machine. It was baby pink, around a meter squared in size and moved around freely somehow. This was 1988, so there wasn't any anything wireless really mm. back in the day. But Phyllis and Diane were like, nah, it has to have like a cord or a pipe or something to it. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe it was just like actually floating. Um, now, again, Diane was pretty chill this whole time. All facts, no cap. <laughs> I have written. <laughs> That's appealing to our younger audience. Um, yeah. Okay. What? Nothing. <laughs> Phyllis though was not chill in fact she was quite the opposite of chill she even attempted to escape a few times Mm. but that handsome escort fella just stood there with his muscular veiny arms crossed over his delicious looking chest and a knowing smile on his beautiful beautiful face and so defeated she just walked back to the table but she felt as though he knew what she was thinking Mm. While they were lying there, the pink machine moved down and back up extremely fast a couple of times. And Malila said, the x-ray was done. Nice. She then told them that she was the captain of the ship. Oh. Yeah. And then she took out a map. Mm. Very normal map of the earth, like you would pick up at a bookshop or something. Yeah. And on this map, she pointed to South Africa. Remember, we're in Joburg, if you're really cool. She told them that the whole continent would soon be swallowed by waves, like reaching over 70 meters. And that's that's about two thirds of a football field, but up. Okay. okay. For our American listeners who but don't erect. use meters, erect uh-huh. football field. They would need to move further up the planet if they wanted to stay safe. A mountainous region of Spain would be safe, apparently. She also warned them that AIDS was not just a disease that affected gay men which was what the majority of people believed at this time. Again, this was 1988. So I thought that was a really interesting point to make. Yeah, it is. Because it's like um, fucking huge natural disaster that will go down in history. And then it's like, hey, stop gay bashing. Basically, yeah. Like it wasn't saying, you know, 
it wasn't like pro gay or anything like that. Yeah, it, it was, was like, just like it went from environmental to society yeah. thing. And specifically, I think it's interesting that it was in Africa because the AIDS, I think uh, the AIDS, the AIDS epidemic was particularly bad in Africa. Uh, I think still to this day, like it, it's. So in that case, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the general message was: man is not doing a good job, but these things couldn't afford. But these beings couldn't afford to have us die off because that would somehow lead to them dying out too. I think. Yeah, they relied on us for something. I'm just not sure what. Test subjects. Possibly. But for what? You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. they would use us for their vaccines. Who fucking knows? Mm. But either way, they wanted Phyllis and Diane to help them. Now, again, this is where it's a bit confusing. I don't know really what malila wanted other than the samples but what she said exactly was well, according to phyllis and diane was we need you to help us with the children at any time anything could happen and even though the earth will change mankind must not die out we will also get hurt if we help you but at least we could help you if we had your rna and dna rna or ribonucleic acidus is a nucleic acid present in all living cells that has structural similarities to DNA. Unlike DNA, however, RNA is most often single-stranded. An RNA molecule has a backbone made of alternating phosphate groups and sugar ribose, rather than a, uh, you know, the old deoxyribose found in DNA. Because oh, okay. I, I knew that, I wrote that. How interesting. Single strand. Yeah. That's what I... That's what that's my takeaway. That's what I said too. Single strand. This motherfucker. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like... Look, I was very bad in school. That's taken directly off of like the first page of Google. That's the definition of RNA. I just didn't even know that was a thing. At this point, Malila had taken out some sort of an instrument. She actually took it out of the pink x-ray machine and attached something to it. It was a needle as thick as a crochet hook. Mm. That's like mm -hmm. this big. That's a big motherfucker. Yeah. She told Diane to open her shirt and she did instantly, completely unquestioning. Fucking Diane's Meredith, just like man. having a great time. She's like, all right. Fucking literally, Meredith, she's always trying to show her tits. Yeah, no, she literally did. She just whipped out her baps, like no qualms about anything. And a trigger warning here, if needles make you feel uncomfortable. Skip ahead a couple of minutes. So Malila then proceeded to insert this in her nipple. Big old needle, not in her nipple. Oh. But I think this is actually worse. Just underneath Diane's right breast. Oh god. But Diane let out a gasp because it actually hurt. No because shit. of the big old nipple. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's a big old nipple. <laughs> Sorry. Diane Small nipples. <laughs> just can you imagine that? Just like not even a cups, just like yeah, huge big nipples. Nipple. All huge nipple, nipples. no tit. Yeah. Um, Put that on a mug. All nipple, yeah. no tit. <laughs> That's an expression, right? But Diane let out a gasp because it, it really hurt her. Like it was a big old needle. It was a sharp pain, but it doesn't. But it didn't last long, and I think. Maybe more so, she just wasn't expecting it. Of course. I don't know why, though, because she saw them coming at her with the needle. Mm. The other female being that was on the craft came over and placed her hand on Diane's forehead. And this instantly seemed to stop all of her pain. And she just relaxed. Whoa. Yeah. Just like some mad healing power. She's like, oh, OK, cool. Where's that lady now? Like I could use. Them. I know. She actually said it gave her the most euphoric feeling. Lit. And Felix. Felix. And Phyllis said that this woman just oozed calmness. Nice. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what your yoga instructors will be like when they're a little bit older. You know what I mean? That's how they are now. Yeah. So. Love them. But I guess Phyllis's motherly instincts kicked in at this point because she reacted angrily as soon as she saw Diane was in pain. And Malila explained to her that they were taking samples of blood, bone, skin, tissue, and another sample of blood directly from the vein leading into the heart as that should show them any imperfections or medical faults. Whoa. Yeah, now I don't know, like I've never heard of that in real life, 
But I mean, I guess it makes sense on paper, right? Like that's where all the dirty blood is coming back in. No, where does your dirty blood go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it goes. It goes in your heart. And it gets kind of like recycled and pushed back out. It gets like cleansed. oil in an engine. Yeah. It gets cleansed and then it gets pumped back out when it's clean. Yeah. Okay. So that's what happened. If I remember correctly. Yeah. In my head, it's just like here's the oil filter from your engine. That is your heart. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway. Well, I suppose not the pump is the heart because it's a pump, right? It's literally a pump. Literally a pump. Again, I was really bad in school, so don't judge me. The instrument she was using was making little clicking noises and filling little plastic vials this whole time. Lit. Yeah, as Malila worked it around inside of Diane. Yeah. Phyllis argued at first, but they did the same procedure on her next. And they found that Diane had hemolytic jaundice which is a type of jaundice arising from hemolysis or excessive destruction of red blood cells. But the byproduct bilirubin is not excreted by the hepatic cells quickly enough. Yeah. But interestingly enough, this had actually been identified some time ago in Diane, but it took the doctors, the regular earth doctors, years to figure out what was actually wrong, like what was going on with her. And apparently since this abduction, it had just completely cleared up. Whoa. Yeah, like she de- never needed to take pills or anything That's ever so again. Cool. Yeah. So when all this was done, Phyllis suddenly realized that Malila's jumpsuit had changed color. Oh. Now, I think she might have just changed. <laughs> like, honestly. Um, but Phyllis seems pretty sure that it had changed color. The whole time, the other beings on the craft were just like going on about their business. Like there was nothing weird going on. And then Malila told them that they would be descending. And they would be returned to their car shortly. Now, they hadn't even noticed the fact that they were literally hundreds of feet in the air at this point. So as Malila sat down in front of them, Diane was just in awe of her beauty and actually said that her head was a lovely soft pink color. Mm. So... I'm not sure if that meant her head was a different color to her body or not, because earlier she said that her body was like a lovely, heavy tan color, mm. which I'm assuming is like olive skin, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Diane thought to herself, my God, you're a beautiful woman. <laughs> and Malila answered aloud. Whoa. Thank you. So it would appear that they did have some sort of telepathy going on. Mm-hmm. Phyllis, in the meantime, after not wanting to be there and trying to leave, she was now saddened by the thoughts of being dropped back to Earth or the car or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as Malila was writing something on a piece of paper, she noticed that she had no fingernails. Malila had no fingernails. She point, Phyllis points this out to Diane with a subtle eye movement, like, uh, uh? And, like, so as not to embarrass Malila by being like, oh my God, where's her fingernails? <laughs> but Diane said out loud, Oh, just like Apey. Apparently she had had a small monkey as a pet and no imagination whatsoever because she called this monkey Apey. That's <laughs> okay. We used to have a dog when we were kids and my dad named it White because it was a white dog. Okay. Blanco or white? White. Okay. The English word white. Interesting. Yeah. Um, But when Malila asked, what is Apey? Diane didn't want to insult her, so she just said, oh, Ape was a friend of mine. But Malila knew she was lying. Oh. And she didn't like it. Uh-oh. She stood up, brought her face right up to Diane's, and Diane saw her eyes turn suddenly reptilian <gasps> as her pupils became thin and vertical, changing from, bla- changing from brown to an intense turquoise blue. Whoa. We'll take you back to your car and you'll be calm. That was it. It was just like, what the fuck? So again, Phyllis didn't want to leave. But Malila said that they'd come back for them in four Earth years. Around May. Hmm. Yeah. But that was the last time they saw Malila and this mysterious spaceship. Guess they changed their mind. Yeah, maybe because Diane said she had monkey hands. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they were or guided. Maybe because she just didn't like that they lied. That could have been it, yeah. You know, I don't like, know. She probably wouldn't have mind because she's like, oh, cool, yeah, another yeah. Earth creature that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. But you had the audacity to lie to me. 
you fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were guys. Here's your jaundice back. Yeah. <laughs> I just cleaned your blood for life. <laughs> but they were guided back down the ramp and back to the car. And Diane proceeded to get into the car backwards. <laughs> <laughs> what? She was sitting on the steering wheel. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? So at this point, I think she noticed this and she was like, ah, like how ridiculous. Like your mom would have. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then one of the male beings who had guided them down told her to lock the doors and then bid them farewell, kind of telepathically, kind of with like one of these, like, mm-hmm. like a space <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> there was no sound on the street. As Phyllis got back out of the car to go inside her house, like literally no insects chirping, no birds, no nothing. And once inside, she was trying to get undressed when she realized that her own tracksuit was now on back to front. Yeah, everybody, by the way, was wearing tracksuits like lovely, glamorous 1980s shell tracksuits. Nice. Pretty sure. And at this point, her maid came in with her morning tea and she realized it was just after six o'clock. The whole incident had taken place. The whole incident had taken over two hours, but I guess to them it just felt like a few minutes. Right. Um, which I'm actually wrong in that sentence. But also, Phyllis and her husband were filthy rich. Mm, like clearly, hence, and they have a maid. The maid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it turns out Phyllis and Diane actually didn't remember anything that had happened. So I think that's where the weird missing time was. I think Phyllis just got out of the car like regular and walked into her house to get undressed and was like. How strange, my tracksuit is on backwards. So they didn't remember anything. Um, I don't know how quickly they forgot. I'm assuming like almost instantly as soon as the dude said goodbye. But gradually, the memory started to come back to them. And between the two of them, they got this account together. So like Diane even corrected her mother on a few things as they recounted the story to Cynthia Hines. Um, Like small little details. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 mom, she didn't say that. She said mm-hmm. it was actually when Malila said, I'm the captain of this craft. Phyllis thought she had said starship. Mm. And then Diane was like, you're being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is what she said. Cynthia Hines, again, is the author of the book UFOs over Africa. It was about three years before they actually told anyone, though, mm-hmm. even though they had tried to report it to the planetarium, like the local planetarium, because like they literally had no idea what else to do with a story like this they didn't know anything about ufos or abductions and it's actually their ignorance i think that leads leads to that lends to their credence in this whole story Mm -hmm. because like they nailed a lot of details that are common among other abductee stories Mm. such as the random clicking noise which really mundane point but right before they got abducted, something clicked in their car. This weird metallic click. Um, and this is also, the, again, in the book, Cynthia Hines actually uh, includes a little asterisk of a study done, something to do with crazy electromagnetism in an area can cause, it. it's like different types of metal bending. And that causes the clicking noise. Mm. That's the theory anyway. Mm-hmm. And I know from being a an electrician, I feel like I'm always saying that that's actually how like your circuit breakers work. It's two different types of metal together. Mm-hmm. And as one heats up, it heats up at a different rate to the other one. And that's what pulls this down and pulls the other one in. And that's what makes the switch break. Mm. So that actually does sound plausible. I'm not saying it's an alien that does it, but definitely interesting. And then also the steam or mist, which seems to be some sort of cleansing or disinfecting process. Mm. There's also the lack of technology mixed in with the abundance of really high tech stuff. For example, the map that she pulled out. It was literally like what you'd pick up at the gas station. Mm -hmm. And so a really rudimentary map. But as well as this, they noticed that with all of this fancy, highly sophisticated technology all around them, One of the guys at the desks at the back was using a very real, regular clipboard with paper on it, Mm. (laughs) you know. But I was because I Googled that, like I kind of went down a little rabbit hole with that. And this is another common thing with like alien abduction stories. But it's like, I mean, yeah, I have an iPad here and phones and laptops and stuff. But I do also have a notebook 
for like scribbles. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like there was some technology can't really be improved mm-hmm. or there's just no need to improve on it. So like mm. if they are a very real people. Maybe. Yeah. Like they have their preferences. So yeah. that's why they keep it on. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Maybe he even writes in pencil instead of pen because he likes to be able to rub it out. Or something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just. Or it, maybe it's like a perception thing, you know, like how um, we were talking about, uh, like in the paranormal world, what's like two different people can have, can be experiencing something at the same time, but each one sees something different. Could be. It could be. Like based on what the person wants or the environment wants them to see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like individually. Mm-hmm. And so another common occurrence in abduction stories is this telepathy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting was that, like, if we're taking this at face value and believing that there was absolutely zero influence from outside sources in the few years before they officially reported their experience, the fact that they said Malila told them that she was from Pleiades is pretty nuts. Okay, I think so. Maybe I'm very ignorant, but like, I don't know anything about any star, like constellations or anything like that. Do you? No. Like even just as far as like, like why is that weird? Taurus. Okay. Pleiades is a quote, asterism or open star cluster. It's a very real thing that we can see in the sky if we walk out right now. I think it's like smaller than a constellation, but it's a very real group of stars northwest of Taurus. If you're looking at the map. It's a distance of about 444 light years and it's amongst and it's among the nearest star clusters to Earth. It is the nearest messier object to Earth, whatever that is, and is most and is the most obvious cluster to the naked eye in the night sky. Hmm. But why would a regular person even know that word? Yeah. In the late 80s, especially, you know, regardless, it's not an unknown thing by any means. It's basically been spoken about in all forms of civilization throughout the millennia of people mm-hmm. now most of this is from wikipedia um like this next little bit i'm gonna like go out on a limb and be like because they were well to do well to do they probably had access to different kinds of books and had leisure time to look at yeah. astrology or whatever constellations and stuff like that if they had the they clearly had the time, the and, time and the resources money. too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're not wrong. Like, and as well, you actually don't even need astrology books necessarily because like this is even referenced in the Bible and stuff. Mm. But again, to me, somebody who's ignorant of this, it seems pretty nuts. Um, it's more commonly referred to throughout history as and today as the seven sisters. Different countries have different names, but there was a common myth that saying that it's called the Seven Sisters, even though there's actually only six clear stars, as the seventh one used to be more visible thousands of years ago, scientists are assuming now. But anyway, I'm not going to butcher this. It actually is a nice story. I read a few different variations of it, and it was something like one sister ran off with all the, the money or something like that, you know, and now there's only six sisters there. It was cool. There was different variations look into it if if you're interested i thought it was cool but like that i actually did read a good amount of stuff about it um and found out that like yeah this is one random little rabbit hole but the earth shifts like 0.78 degrees every 50 years or so okay like towards the the poles are slowly shifting Mm -hmm. right so the poles eventually will be reversed but like this ancient chinese dude who was like hired as some like king or leader's astrologer like he actually figured that out because of his own calculations over the course of 50 years he was like hang on a minute yeah this star used to be here (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like it's just it's madness that like people are able to do this so anyway some people might be more familiar with the other name for pleiades right and i would say Around 95% of us see this represent see this representation of Pleiades every single day, and we just don't even realize it. In Japan, Pleiades is known as Subaru. Yeah. Those three little stars? So it's actually six. Oh. Yeah, the reason why the Subaru logo is six stars, one big and five small, oh, 
is because it represents the merging of five smaller companies to make one large one, oh. Subaru. Sponsored by Subaru. <laughs> um, but Subaru. A, yeah. But according to one random IRS document that comes up on the first page of Google, when you Google the word Pleiadian, as opposed to Pleiades, quote, the Pleiadians are a collective of extraterrestrials from the star system, the Pleiades. The Pleiadian culture is ancient and was seeded from another universe of from another universe of love long before Earth was created. They have formed a tremendous society which operates with love, with ideas and ideals that we are yet unfamiliar with. The Pleiadians call themselves our ancient family because many of us come here from the Pleiades to participate in the new experiment of Earth. The Pleiadians are now here as ambassadors from another universe to help Earth through her difficult transition from the third dimension to the fourth dimension and to assert each of us in our personal endeavors of awakening, remembering and knowing. That's pretty fucking sick. Yeah. I was familiar with the term Pleiadians from like other podcasts that I listen to without. I listen to it for the fun, like this is cool alien stories, but I don't go like balls deep because I'm kind of afraid to, to be honest, I'm afraid I'll like, get sucked in. But the Pleiadian race is one that's like commonly mentioned with alien stories, abductee stories, the Pleiadians, the. Um... Oh, fuck. Can't think of the hit. It's like the Norse ones, the uh, tall whites mm, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It all starts to get a little bit sketchy when you like delve deep into like these alien races. Yeah, these basically. white races, aliens. Some of them, yeah, are white, yeah. and then there's like the small greys, yeah, stuff like that. So that's where I was familiar with Pleiadians. So I think that this story, like Phyllis and Diane's story, is one that you could like easily discount as just a couple of loonies trying to get into the paper or something. But like I said earlier, like they were in no need of any money and like they never wrote a book themselves or anything trying to make money from this. Mm-hmm. Phyllis's husband was a multimillionaire. And as well, there's just too many coincidences, too many consistencies to other reports from all over the world in a time when communication was like a long shot from what it is today. So yeah, maybe they were reading books about stuff like this, but if they like just made this up on a whim or even over the course of three years, they would have had to have done a lot of research to like really nail down the the similarities. Yeah. Yeah. While still having completely their own story. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Go for it. Because I know that in this part of the world, UFO things Mm -hmm. are not necessarily named UFO things, but... These experiences are commonplace and it's just yeah. one of these things that are accepted mm-hmm. where it's like they see these lights and they follow you and sometimes they're bad and sometimes they're playful. So like this, we know it as UFO, UFO culture, I'm going to yeah. call it, but to, you know, like, and it's a very like alternative, you know, it's like a niche, Yeah. but over there it's just like. It's just what happened last Tuesday. Yeah. And everybody's had an experience like this, you know? So I'm not saying they're trying to make it more than what everybody's experiencing yeah. just to stand out. I'm just saying like. A lot of people are having. Okay. So my argument to that is. Yeah. UFO culture is completely different to. Like you're talking about like African tribes people like going back mm-hmm. a yeah. long time and like people who wouldn't necessarily have a Western education mm-hmm. and describing this experience that they've had on their own as they're out walking or hunting or doing whatever. Whereas this story is very much jam packed with UFO culture. I know that's what I'm expressions saying because stuff. there's like, so, so you are much- saying they're just like kind of jazzing up. No, no, no. I'm just saying like, let's not rule out the fact that oh, okay. let's not rule out that this could possibly be a story that they've made up because ufo culture is so commonplace there yeah you see what i'm saying i do i don't agree but i get it (laughs) and in addition to the resources and their the time that they would have had to educate themselves on these things to sort of like uh, solidify their story to make their story their experience make sense to them because like that's 
And and then there's also these human things that happen, like what is it the is it called the Mandela effect when you remember things in a way that makes sense to you? Yeah. And bias can sometimes play into it. Definitely. And stuff like that. I I'm that's just me playing devil's advocate. Yeah, no, no, no. And like you are right. The the thing that gives this story its most um like credibility is that we're trusting the the author of this book who makes the point of saying that they were so ignorant to ufo terminology and all of these things because she does say that a few times over she even says like in south africa at this time this kind of stuff wasn't like i think she's comparing it to america oh but because of like the development in south africa it, it was just not like a reported thing like you I know see. what i mean whereas okay. here you had like the Saucerian news and stuff, you know, mm. it was, you're more likely to be educated on that kind of thing as opposed to South Africa during that time specifically. Mm. But I know what you're saying. They could have easily just been researching it and then being like, I've never heard of this before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. I'm not saying that they did. No, no, no. I'm just I saying know. there's a possibility. Yeah. But while we haven't like done too many stories like this, I think the more we do, the more we'll be able to see the connections like we do now with the poltergeist and haunting cases that mm. we cover. Um, so like I'm kind of hoping that we'll all be able to point these things out as we learn together. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm talking about you creeps. And yeah, I'm excited to do more weird shit like this. Nice. Honestly. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. I think next week we're going to have a bit of a wild card. I like this because it was very compact. Yeah, this one is. Don't worry, though. The next uh, big one that we're doing is going to go on for actually a couple of months, I think. Jesus. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need a lot of breaks. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard like other podcasts do like the summer of strange and stuff like that. Mm. The different seasons will go along like that. Ours just has happened like that. Mm -hmm. So I do think that the next one I'm going to finally dive in for a little bit of weirdness okay i feel like now is the time so yeah anyway we'll see you guys next week or maybe the week after who knows but as always thank you very much for listening thank you for joining the patreon and coffee and all that kind of crap and just for like your nice messages of encouragement always greatly appreciated and uh yeah bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>